This is Nick Snyder with the Texas Rangers. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast with Jeff and John. Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. All right, everybody, and welcome once again to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. This is episode 15, and today, Derek Holland. Derek Holland is joining is joining us, you know, from the Texas Ranger days back in the World Series, of course. Still playing right now. Derek, thank you so much for coming on. That was quite the entrance, by the way. The, uh, the <laughs> intro, sorry. The intro was incredible. So you're the nerd is what they call it? Why, the recliner why you, nerd. The recliner, the recliner you know, nerd. No okay, one is, I missed that part. No one's ever asked me that question. That's fine. That's how well-known I am. That no one's no, asked it was, me. I, I liked it. I was listening to it. I thought you said I wasn't going to hear it. And I heard the whole intro, and I was like, holy cow, that's pretty good. And then you called yourself the recliner nerd. So when I started blogging a few years ago, um, I would I was blogging, and, and before I started my original podcast, I would end it with uh, you know my opinions and all of that, which weren't worth a crap. And I was like, but what do I know? I'm just some nerd sitting on a recliner. And I shortened it to the recliner nerd, and that's kind of where it went from. So. That, yeah, I like it. it. I respect it. I like even Dutch oven, I guess. Yeah. Uh, love the Dutch oven. Hey, listen, <laughs> we're going to get into it with Derek right now, but right now we're going to go to our sponsor. We'll be back right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Superior Sports Investments. Established in 1995, they carry one of the largest graded card inventories in the country with the widest variety of BGS and BCCG and PSA graded sports cards. Unlike other online sellers or auction houses, they own their entire inventory. They don't take consignment, no auctions, so they take pride in every sale that they make. They make sure every card they sell is the highest quality item possible before it leaves their hands and packaged safely and securely. Visit their eBay or Amazon stores to see their entire inventories or browse superiorsportsinvestments.com. That's superiorsportsinvestments.com. And use the promo code THANKS5 for a discount. All right, Derek, this is so awesome. I've uh, been a big fan for a long time. See, Jeff's covered you, so he's always covered you as a professional. Before I started covering the Rangers, I was a Ranger fan since way back because I'm a lot older than everybody on here. So it's fun to to have you on as a fan that now covers the team. Man, thanks so much for taking time. I know that uh, a lot of things going on, but uh, to stop down and give us some time. No, I mean, I, I owe it to Jeff. Um, I've oh, been hell. telling him I was going to get on here. <laughs> We've been talking about it. We just never pulled the trigger. So it's it's. I'm going to blame myself for this because I know he has definitely made the effort to to get me out there. And I just continue to kind of, I guess you could say, stall. I'm not doing it on purpose. Just certain things come up and yeah. It hurts. But so, no, no, this is great. I mean, we're, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a weird time for baseball. You can't talk about some of the stuff and that's fine. But, uh, you know, we, we need to have some good guests. Not that we haven't, but we haven't had many major league players and a lot of prospects and um yeah and you're such a, a big part of the good years so wanted to get you that. on we got a yeah. thir- 13 year big leaguer that's what's joining us right now this is yeah, how about that <laughs> this, this, this isn't, yeah this isn't uh some guy that's been on you know he's been up for a year or two this is 13 years jeff got to see me as a kid that's right that's I mean, right i remember your first spring training <laughs> remember your debut in toronto <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, that was a wild thing right there that uh, forget about my debut of it 
What about Darren O'Day getting there and not even having the right jersey? <laughs> it's the same weekend. Same the, no, it was the same. That was the same day. The same night? Yeah, because he flew in that night. And didn't uh, have a jersey. Wa- I remember Wash was, uh, Wash said, I'll never forget. He was like, I, you know, obviously I, I wanted to use you, but I didn't want to put you in that situation. But we have no arms. So I had to pretty much go in. And then O'Day showed up like afterwards and he came in after yeah. me. Yeah, he wore Casey Gabbard's jersey. Yep. Yeah. I remember it picture perfect just because, I mean, like you said, that was my debut. So I remember every bit of that. Oh, man. I was going to ask you about that later. But so we're already talking about it now. How did you find out you were getting called up? Uh, Well, the funny thing is it's it's interesting because I, you know, obviously with baseball guys, we always like to make fun of each other, have fun, basically dick around. And uh, (laughs) I got a phone call at like 8 a.m., on my start day and i don't like to be messed with when i'm starting like when it comes to something like that i'm very superstitious i do everything to a t and i remember getting the call and i saw it was just a texas number i didn't have john daniel's number saved um <laughs> and answered the phone and i was like man you gotta be kidding me so i was like hello he's like hey derek it's john daniels you know i just want to let you know we're gonna call you up uh how quick can you get to arlington and i literally and i don't i hope i can say this if not you might have to edit it okay uh, I was literally like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? I'm pitching today. Like, I'm not trying to play these games. Like, don't do this right now. I was like, I need to focus. I didn't have a good start the last time. So stop fucking around, hung up the phone. <laughs> and I was like, this is, I, you know, I, I was thinking right then, like, God, why are they doing this to me today? Like, cause I had some veteran guys that were down there right. to start the year. And sure enough, got the phone call right back. And I answered. I was like, seriously, I don't want to mess around. He goes, I'm serious right now. If you hang up this time, we're going to call somebody else up. And that definitely got my attention right away. I was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. I just thought this was the guys messing around. And he was really cool about it. He was like, yes, I know. I know how you guys are. I get it. It's not a big deal. Uh, But, you know, how quick can you get there? And I'm not kidding. I literally was like, yeah, I'll be there in 30 minutes. He's like, Derek, you're in Oklahoma City. You're not in Dallas. Like, you're not going to get here in 30 minutes. And then he told me the whole rundown and you know, I, everybody knows, but I had to hide from the media. You're not supposed to be seen. Right. I don't think the roster move was uh, made exactly. Right. Yeah. At that time. So I just had to hide around, hide out for that. And I just remember showing up and one of the first people I meet was Eddie Gordado, which ended up being my mentor. <laughs> and that was not really the best of entrances. I was not ready for that. Um, Jeff, you know how Eddie was. Uh, oh so gosh. it was it was very interesting. I came in and instead of a, Hey, how you doing? Or Hey, Rook, how are you? It was, Oh, wow. Some fresh meat. I've been waiting to see you. (laughs) And then it kind of just took off from there, but it was, it was really cool to have that experience. It is a great story to be able to share, like talking about how it went down, but it was literally now, I don't know if that would have actually happened. Say I did hang up the phone again, but I'm glad I didn't risk that and, and let that happen. Hey, yeah, well, I've never, I've never heard that. that that's a lot of stories, but not that one. That's that, weren't good. you? Didn't you make your debut in Toronto? So were the Rangers yeah, in we town? We were playing. We were playing Kansas City. Um, it was a three-game series. I didn't throw any of those games. Okay. Uh, so I, you know, I sat obviously because I made my debut in Toronto, but I sat in the bullpen. And the way, like, I, I kind of wish a lot of, you know, I've talked with AJ Hinch about, you know, how this was with me because we, you know, I've had some really good uh, talks with him. And, you know, you don't see too many of the rookies uh, starter-wise do kind of what I did. I think that helped me more than anything was being able to come out of the pen first because your adrenaline is flowing to where you don't have to think about it so much. You get out there and it's, 
I mean, you, you got to go, there is nothing else you can do. And you know, it's, it's go time as soon as you get out there. And for me, I think that played a huge role. I feel like guys that, you know, obviously being in Detroit, so, you know, a Scooble or Casey Myers, I feel like that could have benefited them or actually Matt Manning who made his debut this year. I think that could have benefited them. Uh, I think that would work as well if, with the Rangers too. If you got young starters, you want to bring them in. I think give them that opportunity to come out of the bullpen. One, it's going to teach them how to get ready quicker. Because, uh, you know, as a starter, we have such a long routine. It helps them understand how, how they can get ready quicker. They can find things a lot faster and understand their, themselves when they get out there on the, on the mound, too. But that, uh, I think that was a huge factor. I, I, again, Wash, who's like a father to me, hats off to him for what he did to, to get me right. But I think that was huge, just being able to come out of the pen. Yeah, speaking of Toronto, you had a memorable Wash encounter. <laughs> In Toronto in 2011? Um, was that the, uh, was that the butt wipe thing? I don't know. He came, he came out to the mound and oh, very animated. Yeah. He, so he would always have some kind of strategy. Obviously everybody knows how my personality is. And I got criticized for that. Wash would always do something to change things up. And I'm not sure if this is the exact one, but I know one that sticks out was Wash came and pulled my back pocket out and uh literally told me he's like all right i got that shit out of the way so now you can go ahead and focus on pitching again and then just kind of walked off <laughs> so i mean so this one this one was like super animated he was like he was he was kind of giving you he was giving me the business so he was it, chewing okay, his ass so out yeah there, you, you ended up throwing it you threw a you threw like a four hit shutout but like at oh, some point yes. something wasn't going right and he just went out there and i just saw his head and yeah, he so no, I know exactly what it was. Um, I remember this almost word for word. He came out, and I know what the case was because this happens a lot. I've done this multiple times. I know a lot of young guys do this too. Is I would get two quick outs real quick, and then next thing you know, it could be a walk. Uh, you know, just kind of like letting up, you know, not doing what I should have been doing. He came out and basically, like you said, he was motherfucking me the whole time. <laughs> uh telling me it's like I'm tired of this, I don't need to come out here every single time. You get two quick outs. You need to stay on the attack. I don't know what the fuck you need to do, but let's fucking make this pitch right here. Get back to work. Stop fucking around. And then he just walked off. You, I do remember exactly what you're talking about now, yeah. Jeff. And it, yeah, he definitely, and I, I had tendencies. I mean, that's, you know, you see that a lot with young guys is we will tend to get the thing going. We'll get the momentum going. And then all of a sudden we could fuck up and now we got the snowball effect. And next thing you know, you're down 10 runs because you you let up you know we got to yeah. learn to maintain with that same aggression that we have you know going into it but yeah right. wash definitely i mean wash is wash is by far one of my favorite managers best manager i've ever had because he's not afraid to let you know he's going to tell you straight up that how it is how it needs to be done and he doesn't put up with the bullshit which is great yeah. you've had a lot of good managers i have i i definitely i have how's aj AJ is uh, hands down up there too. He is, uh, excuse me, he's up there. Is probably I'd say he's in my top three. Mm. Um, you know, the one thing that stands out, and I know it's always going to be there, and I have a lot of respect for him for this. Obviously, with the cheating thing, we know what happened. Um, day one in in Detroit, you know, when everybody was there in spring training, he got everybody in. Obviously, no media, um, and let us know, you know, he said, Hey, this is what, what happened. This is how we did it. This is, you know, if you want to ask questions, now's the time, you know, if you, if you want to learn anything else, you can come into my office, we can talk about it. But once this meeting ends, 
I'm a Detroit Tiger. I'm not a Houston Astro. I don't want anything to talk about with that. Unless if you got the question, you can come to my office and talk to me. But we're going to focus on one thing, and that's getting that trophy. And everywhere we went, there was a picture of that trophy. I mean, he was just such a great leader. He talked with everybody. He always wanted to know how you felt. He was very honest. He'd give you great feedback. I mean, he he is a, a great leader. And after hearing him when he talked to us that day, I mean, everybody in that in that locker, well, in the weight room, was ready to run through a wall for him. I mean, he's he was letting us know everything, and he was ready to go to war with us. Good. I guess you know, he, he kind of had to clear the air. I guess yeah. there's no, no choice. And, I mean, he, he he served his time. You know, the only thing that pisses me off more than anything, though, is he did his punishment. You know, he, obviously with COVID, that's kind of it benefited him too. But at the same time, I, I get tired of hearing, you know, Correa talk about how they didn't cheat, but yet your own manager is telling us, the players, what you did and how you did it. Like, yeah. that shit pisses me off. That's the one thing that drives me insane. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's uh... – I, I, I get I guess because they they were there they it's a denial I don't know uh, they're trying to justify their, their World Series or whatever but yeah I mean it's it is what it is I mean it's what yeah. we can't go back in time he's a free right. agent that's why and he's it's got- well, the thing stands out too is like, you remember how the whole steroid scandal was going around, all that stuff? And, sure. mm-hmm. you know, my idol was Andy Pettit. And I know he got, he got popped and he came straight out, said it. Nobody talks about it anymore. Nobody talks about Andy Pettit or any of that like that. Nope. They just, they go past it. If you just say what it was and just go with it and, you know, you know what I did? I, I fucked up. I did this. Boom. That's it. You know, it, it ends everything. It ends the conversation. Nobody really cares anymore. It's like, all right, you know what? He did it. He admitted to it. He did his punishment, whatever, you know, that's, that's how it was. And I feel AJ did that. Um, now granted, yeah, everywhere we went, man, did they let him know about it? That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But he was, well, a, he was a real, he was a real pro about all that. That's one thing I will say, you know, he, he took his punishment. He takes the beat downs when people yell at him like that. The only thing that is that drives me insane when it comes to the fans doing that is when you start bringing in the family, like when you're bringing family involved, like, that to me is that's too much. The family had nothing to do with that. Right. Yeah. They're not a part of that. Yep. You know, it's keep them out. You want to talk shit, talk shit. But if you're going to talk shit about my family or something like that. Yep. You're, you're just, I get it. Yeah, that's great. You're cool. You got in my head because you talk about my family. I don't give a fuck, but you're crossing the yeah. line. I don't go to your yeah. work and talk about your family or anything like that or say, you know, I hope your whoever gets cancer and dies like that shit's too that that's too far that's, that's a little strong yeah that's a, yeah it that just shows how sad you are as a person yes you know i take my hat off to aj for doing that and i guess that's the way you'd have to approach it but man you talk about get a locker room hey this is what i did ask it. me every question i'll tell you every single thing we did because there's no bullshit here here it is god that you know i'm pretty impressed you know i'm don't like him because he's not the Rangers. That's me personally, but that's pretty but cool. That's, that's okay. A, that's a way to handle it. I mean, that's the way you handle it. Yeah, he he handled it very, very pro. And I do want to say one more thing, too, talking about, like, fans and their crossing the line. Um, one of the moments for me in my career that I don't care. I think it's an iconic moment. It's a cool moment, even though I'm on the losing side of it. But uh, when Bryce Harper hit his walk-off grand slam against me in the regular season uh, when I was with the Cubs, it's actually a Gatorade commercial too. Yeah, it's been a mortalizing commercial. Yeah, I was about been, to say that. Yeah. It's been I mean, I, I joke around with Harper too. I've yeah. seen him a few times. We joke around like he knows I don't care. I made a great pitch. He hit it. So what? That's just the way it goes. But yeah. man, the death threats I was getting was <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> and like it's like 
I literally just, and I, I have way too much fun. I know Jeff, you've seen how I respond to some haters on, on Twitter and Instagram. Right. Well, I don't know if you've seen them on Instagram, but yeah, I, I'm, I just think it's hilarious that people will go to the extremes and tell me like one that stood out was, I hope my dad gets testicular cancer and dies. Oh my gosh. I mean, oh my it, gosh. That it, I laughed about it. I was like, you gotta be shitting me. This is how you really react. Like, that's the thing that kind of drives me insane. And I'm sure, like, do you ever have to deal with any of that for an article that you put out? Okay, I, I, I did uh, a, a couple times. I've written, I, I wrote a, a column about uh, Baylor. Is it, it was I had to cover a football game, and Baylor was, you know, bitching about um, not getting to go to the BCS and having to share the Big 12 title with TCU the year that they beat him, and they both finished 11 and one, and then you know, Art Bryles popped off and then they went to the bowl game and Michigan state scored like 21 points in the fourth quarter to come back to beat them. So I wrote, I wrote a column that, you know, and, and meanwhile, TCU was like, Greg Patterson didn't let any of that happen. He said, we're, we're grateful to be in the peach bowl, all this stuff. And I was like, Gary Patterson took the high road and Baylor didn't. And I got buried. Yeah. I mean, see, I mean it's buried. It's, it's so bad of how people get with all that stuff. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I love the passion. Don't get me wrong. I'm a passionate fan of all my teams too, but I, I'm definitely not going to wish cancer and stuff on people. Uh, that's, Lord. that's pretty extreme. That's pretty extreme. Well, you know, yeah. you, let me ask you this. So you grew up in Ohio. Did you play any Correct. other sports in high school? Uh, I, I played football. Um, I quit every year. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was just a, I was a big pansy. Um, I, I just didn't want to get crushed. I was a quarterback. Um, I played basketball for a while. I quit that too, but I quit basketball because it was, it was all political. Uh, I, I, I knew I wasn't going to get the start. I wasn't the guy, you know, I wasn't there. You know, my dad didn't have such a big name kind of thing. Mm. And that's kind of how it was. But at the same time, like I respect all those coaches. I, I just, basketball really wasn't my sport to begin with. So it's, it's not like I'm taking a shot to them. I, I think I did the right thing, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. Baseball was, was my, my sport. I played that every year. Um, my hat's off to my dad. He, he told me, uh, this is before I really started pitching. He was like, why don't you, uh, work on switch hitting? Cause I was a center fielder and man, I could run like the wind blows just like Forrest Gump. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I had a, I did have a cannon. I had an arm out in the outfield. I played center field. It was, it was amazing. Uh, happy to be there with the, the guys there at, at the high school. Um, one of the guys that, like I said, I do the podcast with, um, but I played every sport I possibly could, ran track, did it all. Um, but yeah, I mean, once you get like, it's crazy too is, and I remember seeing, I go home and do camps at, at my high school and uh, every time I'll go back and every once in a while, I'll see one of my old teachers and they'll come and see me. And one of my teachers, she was my Spanish teacher, name was Senora Brown. And she, uh, she had one of my papers and it was probably one of the coolest things I ever got to see. It was signed because everything I did was signed. Instead of yeah. printing my name, I didn't do it. And I'll never forget her yelling at me. I mean, she got pissed. Like, you need to stop doing that. You need to sign your name or print your name so we know who it is. She's like, but why do you keep doing this anyway? And I told her the reason why I do it is because I'm practicing my signature for when I get to the big leagues. That was <laughs> one of the coolest things I, I've, I remember and I said with her, she was really cool about it. She still had the paper, brought it in for me to see, which was cool. And yeah, that's kind of it. But yeah, I played every sport. I mean... I still, to this day, I throw the shit out of the football. Um, I do that actually all every day up at workouts, but yeah, it's, I wish I, I, I look back and I kind of wish I would have played football 
But then again, I also look back and say, nah, I did the right thing. Yeah, 13 years in the big league, you made the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Speaking of uh, speaking of football in Ohio, yes, you are not a you are not a Ohio State fan. You are a a blue and Mays fan. I'm glad you said those right. Good, good job with the colors. Thank you, thank you. you. Uh, So you got to be riding pretty high right now. Yeah. Do they they deserve to be there? Yes. (laughs) If you think not, we're going to have an argument about that. Um, Hey, I'm a UT fan. I got to sit over here and just bow my head. I can't really do. Yeah, you you're in timeout. Like that team has been. Hey, I live here in Texas. I respect all the Texas teams. Um, Give it to me. I kind of think it's really weird how everybody has these hand gestures and stuff. You know, hook them, gig them, whatever. Um, Yeah, I did the frog actually. Baylor, gig them, sick them bears. Oh yeah, the Texas Tech is the go go pokes. Yeah, uh, guns up. Yeah um yeah i I was uh i don't even know what what you were saying but yeah oh yeah michigan definitely deserves it um i I actually think at the beginning of the year if you would have asked me i would have said no Uh, i didn't know what it was going to be like Uh, i know harbaugh's gotten a lot of shit uh but uh he actually has his own quarterback now i i loved patterson i thought he was great but i think he was very overrated Uh, i didn't think he was the hype that we were looking for Mm -hmm. he was there and then uh getting um god what was the running back from McCaffrey uh when he was there he was going to be the 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 stud after Patterson but he got hurt and then I don't even know where he is now I think he transferred and then you get McNamara and McCarthy and these two guys are you can already see it they're electric quarterbacks they're great I think Harbaugh's actually got his whole system going you know with the younger coaching I think that helps too you know sometimes it's hard for us to get rid of the older coaching style but we got to adapt to what the times are like now. And I think that made a huge difference for Michigan going forward. And it, like I said, at the beginning of the year, I would have said, no, nah, these guys aren't, I think they're going to be okay, but I don't see them. I didn't think they were going to beat Michigan state, which they did. Or I, sorry, I thought they were going to beat Michigan state and they didn't. I wasn't sure they're going to beat Ohio state because Ohio state's so fast, but they whooped on them. Boy, which they kicked the shit. <laughs> Ohio state. Oh, I was there right <laughs> in the end zone watching the game. Oh, good. It was, it was one of the, and it was like my little recruiting trip. I took, uh, Trevor's story up there because I was trying to get him to come to Detroit and we actually stormed the field. It was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Never done that before, uh, but yeah. stormed the field after they beat Ohio state. So that was really cool. I will be going to Miami. Uh, I'm going to that, uh, the Miami Georgia game. I see them beating Georgia. I don't see it being like a big blowout, but I see them at least by 10. Um, and then I, I actually do. I think they beat Alabama. Alabama struggles with the run game. And obviously with Michigan, they have two solid running backs and we have a great quarterback too. So I think they beat them in a close game and you get to see Michigan as your national champs. Well, all right. Okay. There you, you, go. you heard it here, but I'll tell you this to, 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 to say, to, to just jump on the back of what you're saying there, Alabama's only had one game where they've looked like the Alabama and that was against Georgia. Now the rest of the year, they've had some struggles throughout the year and getting beat by A&M, um, you know, A&M has a good defense, but the fact mm-hmm. that their backup quarterback beat Alabama tells me they weren't prepared for the game or something. Um, and give hats off to Jimbo Fisher. Can't believe a Longhorn will say that to get them ready for that one game. But, man, yeah. they have been some close games that Alabama's barely won all year long. Yeah, they've, they've, had, they've had a lot of fights. And, I, and to go back to Georgia, because that's who they're playing, the argument I always have is who did Georgia actually beat this year? That's true. I feel like they're the most overhyped team. Now, granted, 
that's great that they went under. Well, they got beat by Bama, but they were undefeated. But at the end of the day, you still didn't really beat anybody. Yeah, they everybody they beat had a losing record. Down Clemson, they beat a, a down Clemson team that. But they were ranked twentieth at the time. They were they were ranked like third at the time. It was, oh, it was. Oh, I thought it was yeah. okay. But but I mean, they were playing without. I mean, you know, Clemson lost the number one overall pick, and then a first round pick who was a running back, and they lost some defensive players. So I mean that. That that was probably a mistake by the voters, but um, but it's Clemson proved to not be a great team. They, I think they won nine or ten games, but and that that conference isn't any good anyway. Um, but I think it's because they kind of ran uh, over I, everybody. I agree with you. Georgia, Georgia didn't have like a, a signature victory. Yeah. Well, they ran over everybody. They just ran it up on everybody, and that's why everybody was just touting them. They you know they, they were they yeah. were sold. I yep. mean it's. Yeah. They sold them, yeah. So they got them on that. All right. Well, we'll 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 see that we'll see that uh, Michigan Alabama final then. Just look for me in the stands. That's all you gotta do. (laughs) You might find me. So you will if they're in the final. You're just no doubt you're gonna. I'm going. I'm going no matter what. I'm going to both. I'm gonna be at Miami, like I said, and then they win that. You 100. percent You're gonna see me in at the national championship. All right. How did you as a Ohio guy? Yeah. Go ahead. After the Ohio State game, you didn't get COVID. Don't even get me started on COVID. God, I, yeah, I don't want to get you canceled. Yeah, that's all right. Do you take? Do you? I mean, you talk about you. You get. You don't have to say anything, but you get some. I'm, I'm guessing you catch some shit about that too, because you're you're about very the COVID open. Stuff? I'm, I'm very open about your about your political views. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I'm not a political genius. I don't know enough about. It. There's. I'm still learning so much. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to dive too much into it because the way I like, it's just like when I do my streams or any of that stuff, political and religion, people, you just can't do it because it's not going to ever go the right way. No, which right. sucks. Half but the people the are going to throw a fit. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, believe what you want, like what you want. It's your life. You got to remember that. And yeah. for me, the one thing that cracks me up and I love giving this example and I'm definitely doing it with you guys. Uh, the mask doesn't fucking work. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I just want to throw this out there too. Before we started wearing masks, doctors only wore masks when they're in the hospital doing operations so that nothing would fall out of their mouth into the open wound. That's, that's just one thing. Cause think about it, every time you went and do it, a checkup, whatever it was you were doing, nobody walked in with a mask on. They walked in, Hey, how you doing? Good to see you go from there. That's it. The other thing is if I farted right now, it's going to go through a pair of underwear, a pair of pants, and then it's going to go right through that mask that you have covering your face. You're still going to get it. You don't think COVID can do that? And I, you're going to tell me, the other thing too is, you're going to tell me COVID can only travel six feet? Like, I'm sorry, get out of here with this dumb shit. I can factually yeah. back up your fart analogy. Um, that, that is true. It goes straight through the underwear pants and to the mask of your wife, who then throws a hissy fit. Yes. As soon as they smell that, it's, then you pull the mask down. Now what? Now you're really open to it. <laughs> That's right. And I, I, I always I always laugh too. Like you go to a restaurant and they're like, Oh, please put your mask on, sir. Okay, yeah, sure. All right. Now that you sit down, you can take your mask off. But oh shit. So COVID's <laughs> just waiting for me to sit down. And so ah shit, he's sitting. We can't go there. It was by the front door. Like it's it's unbelievable. Like, here's a great example. Okay, I'm a huge mask fan, huge stars fan. I go to the games. Every time I go to the American Airlines, I don't take a mask. All right. I walk into the American Airlines Center and they stop me, like, hey. You're going to need a mask to get in here. Okay, cool. 
as soon as you walk in the door and you go through those metal detectors, every single person takes their mask off and throws it right in the trash. Not a single, well, I mean, yes, there's people out there that are still wearing their mask, but half, more than half, I would say 90% of the people inside the American Airlines Center do not have their masks. And then also on top of that, I want to add this because I love this about the NBA. These guys are so strict with their whole COVID bullshit, but yet they can go out there with their sweaty ass bodies, basically body up on each other, share the same ball, touching it and everything. And that that's, Hey, that's okay. But yeah, Hey, as soon as the game ends, don't go shake hands, stay six feet away from each other, put your mask back on and walk out. This is so fucking stupid. Now I get it. I know here's the thing too. People are going to get so upset. Like, Oh, Derek says this about that. Yes, I get it. There's people that have passed away from COVID and I respect all of that. I understand. I get that. Yes. you. There's people that have died from this illness. I'm not saying this illness is not real. I'm not saying it's a joke or anything to be funny, laugh about, but at the end of the day, don't sit here and tell me that this mask is really helping. And don't try to tell me that, you know, the flu just disappeared too. Like, yeah. You look at all your numbers, the flu is gone, basically. But yeah, here's COVID. And then also we got the vaccine. And then you get your 28 booster shots, you got to get with it too. But yet the vaccine doesn't stop it, you can still get it still spread it still do everything with it. But hey, let's put this shit in your body. All right. Sorry. can't argue with it no i mean look it's i think it's basically the whole deal is 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 we're big people we're adults we can do if you yeah oh yeah if you're susceptible to that thing you need to be practicing safe measures to be apart from people yeah 100 percent. and then you can't bitch if you get it if you're not you know then then you're not you can't bitch about it that's the way i look well that's the thing too it's like i'm always gonna be respectful if you want to wear your mask i'm cool wear your mask i might make fun of you but wear your mask i don't care (laughs) i'm not i mean at the end of the day like it's true like I hate that the people will get mad at you because you don't wear your mask or whatever, or you don't get vaccinated or whatever. Like that stuff kind of drives me insane that you try to like jam that down your throat. I've never, when was the last time you guys got a flu shot? And I get it. This is going to be, people are going to be like, well, it's different. But do you guys get your flu shots? Yes. I got my flu shot. Yeah. Okay. I haven't had a flu shot since high school. Yeah, look, it, I never but did. My, just, my wife's in the medical field, so she's like, you're 54, you're fat, you know, you, let's take some extra precautions. <laughs> no, and you know what? I, I, I respect that. I, you know, I started doing it when I got married to her. But I, like I said, just like you said, Derek, I, that's my family. I did it. I got vaccinated because of my wife. Probably would have never done it if she hadn't done it. I don't yeah. care if you get vaccinated or not. I really don't care if you get vaccinated. It's not my Same business here. what you do. You know what I mean? Right. Not, I'm 54 opinion. and fat. I'm going to take a little extra precaution. So that's my deal. And my wife wants that. That's fine. If you don't want it, yeah. I, I could care less. Exactly. It means nothing to me. Libertarian in me, you know. Do what? The libertarian in me says that. Yes. Yeah. It's, up to, it's, up to, it's up to you. Yep. You're, you're yeah. all adults. You're big people. What to do. Make your own I mean, we're just trying. The only thing that drives me insane is we are trying to hammer it down. Like mm. you get an ad like on the radio that's like, Oh, do you, you think of this and you think of that? Well, maybe you should go and get vaccinated. No, why, what happened to it being a choice? Yeah, one thing sure. that stands out to me too is remember that whole thing with my body, my choice. Does that, does that not work for us or what? How's that, how's that work for those that don't want to be vaccinated? Yeah. Just let's throwing move, it out let's there. Let's move on from no, that. Let's carry yeah. On. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to baseball. Sorry. Hey, sorry guys. But before, before business shut down, you are a free agent. Had you had some positive traction or no? No, uh, it's just like kind of what I tell everybody too is I'm like a last resort. I'm not, uh, 
you know, I'm not a top priority. Me too. I mean, I'm being honest. I got to respect, you know, I, I mean, yes, I had a strong second half of the, of the season. I, I finished way better than the way it started. I mean, one thing I can say about is being a reliever, man, two bad outings can really fuck you up. You, yeah. you got to, I mean, you know, I always joked every day with the guys because I have that sense of humor. I can handle it. Some guys, you got to be careful saying these things, but you know, it was like, man, I got a two touchdown ERA. We, we got both field goals. Hopefully we can, you know, get that down. I had like a 14 at the time. Ended up finishing the year with a five, 502 or 505. That's a huge drop yeah. for people that don't know. And like, it's so funny to watch some of these trolls come out and be like, well, you still suck. You had a five yard. Hey, dickhead, did you see where I was at and where I went to? Like, there's a yeah. big difference. There's right. that's that's the one thing, but I am very you know, if I have to retire, I have to step away from the, the game of baseball. I can still look at myself and, and say, yeah, I did everything I, I set myself out to do. Did it go exactly the way I wanted to? No, but that's because I'm playing the best of the best. And that's kind of how it is. I remember you, you've said this, that, uh, you want to be like Darren Oliver. You want to, yes. you want to just, you're happy being a reliever and, mm -hmm. and pitching and being left-handed and helping the team out. And, I mean, he shoot. What was he? Forty when he retired. Yep, he went twenty years. I think it was either nineteen or twenty. Yeah, yeah. And he I did. mean, I, my goal, you know, was and I set this out when I was a rookie was I want to be able to go as long as my mentors did. I had Eddie Gordado. He went fifteen, I think, and uh, Darren Oliver, who you know I think was nineteen or twenty years. If I can get anywhere close to them, I will feel that much better about myself and I'll be able to say that these guys showed me the, I mean, they already did. They showed me the way they helped me out. They taught me so much about the game. I'm trying to pass that on to the guys behind me, but you know, it's, it's, it's hard enough just to get to 10 years, but to be able to get to where I am now and continuing to do that, hopefully I can get to where they were too. Yeah. And you, you still just, I, I'm sure a lot of people know this, but you still live in the Metroplex. Mm -hmm. I literally moved across the street, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I know. Uh, so your neighbor uh, put his house up and you said, I want that one. So you went and well, bought I, it. I wanted the house from the, you remember when that big, huge snowstorm came and the ice, no. the ice storm or whatever? No, what were you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It brought a lot of hell to everybody, but I, I was skating and, and this house was being built and we were skating up and down the street. And I kept telling those guys that were with me, I was like, I'm going to try to buy this house one day. And sure enough, uh, I want to say it was two years ago, whenever COVID hit, what was that 20, almost two years, whatever the, yeah. this, whatever that time was, uh, the house came for sale and I, I reached out to the people and I was like, Hey, I know this has been on the market for, you know, a little bit I'm in season. I definitely want your house. Is there anything we can possibly do? And they're like, you know what, we'll wait for you to finish the season and we'll sell the house to you. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. And we negotiated everything worked out. And sure enough, I got the house. And the only thing that sucked is I had five days to move out of my old house into this one. <laughs> well, because I sold my other house. Yeah, I literally, it was, the, the funniest part is, it's, I'm not kidding, it's literally across the street. <laughs> um, so it was, uh, it was interesting just loading up a truck and just driving like two feet. Right, right. <laughs> just walking across the street holding so, the couch. Yeah, like, yeah. It was, uh, well, I didn't take too much of the front, or I didn't have to take too much of the furniture. I sold some of mine, kept some of theirs. Who, who, helps you, who helps you move? You, you make your brother do it? What, what do you uh, do? My brother helped me out a little bit. My dad, this is the, I mean, I'm never going to put my dad through all kinds of work, but my dad would like come out and he'd be like holding like books. Like, all right, I got plenty here. We're good. Here we <laughs> A couple pillows. But 
Yeah, he's like, oh, you need help with the bed? All right, well, I'll just get the blanket. I'll see you over there. I got the pillows and the blanket. See you on the other side. But I had I had all my buddies help me. I'm I don't want to say I'm like scared to death to have movers, but it's like, as you can see, like I got memorabilia throughout the ass everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff. My jerseys of guys I've played against and played with, and I just get scared to death of losing some of that. I'm very um, I don't know how you want to put it, like very passionate, I guess, about all my stuff that I have. Who, who, what, what do you got? Who are the boxing gloves behind you? Uh, this one over here is Manny Pacquiao from the okay. Cowboys fight with Mayweather. And then over here is Joe Frazier. Oh, oh wow. And then I got Mike Tyson. I mean, in this room right now, we've got the, my office spikes, Jerry Rice helmet, Matt Ryan, Barry Sanders, Roberto Luongo, Dan Marino, bunch of hockey guys, Mike Tyson up top. LT, uh, Drew Brees, Randall Cunningham, Tony Romo, uh, Baker, Baker Christ, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> uh, I mean, I got, I mean, I've got, there's stuff all over the place. I, I've got a Nolan Ryan giant. It's probably about three feet tall bobblehead. Hmm. Um, I got to find Nolan again, though. I need him to get signed because there's only seven of those made. Well, the hot dogs yeah. are back in the ballpark. So maybe Ooh. he'll come and check the, the hot dogs. I have a feeling you could track him down. Oh, that, I mean, I hope so. I think he's at his, at his ranch in Georgetown most of the time. Oof. I got to go down there. Yeah. Hey, let me ask uh, you this. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. So, uh, the, you know, getting back to what you said at the very beginning, we've been trying to do this. I wanted to get you on to talk about your charity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you help, you help how we do it for dirt so much. There's kind of a, an old sign right there. Um, talk about your charity. And I know you had your event last month and we did, we couldn't hook up beforehand. So <clears throat> I mean, it's a great deal what you do. Thank you. Um, so my whole foundation started, uh, it's a 60 feet six. It's helping kids with cancer. Um, it all started, gosh, what year was that? 2013, I think, or 14. I think whenever I had knee surgery, that's when it started. Um, but I, I met uh, a little kid, thanks to Ben and Skin, uh, by the name of Briggsberry, introduced me to him. He wanted to meet a, a Dallas athlete and... I actually wasn't even the guy. That's the crazy thing. It wasn't supposed to be me. I think it was supposed to be Michael Young or maybe Kinsler. I can't remember, <clears throat> but ended up being the guy and, um, you know, hit it off with this kid, got to learn a lot about him, what he was dealing with. And the thing that changed me so much was obviously I had the greatest mentors helping me from the Rangers. There, there's so many guys I can name, but the two that really stand out the most besides the guys that mentored me on the field was Kinsler and, and Young. I got to watch them do their charity work off the field. And it just, it put that fire in my ass of wanting to be just like them and be able to carry their their legacy because there's, you know, it, what we always get taught every time with the, the union stuff and everything is you're only going to be a player for so long. And, you know, you're going to be a coach or you're going to be an afterthought afterwards. It's, and, it, and when I say that, I mean it in the most nicest way, but it's true. And what we do off the field continues more than what we've done on the field. And so I saw what they did and I, I wanted to carry that out and built this relationship with Briggs. Um, he had, he was getting a bone marrow transplant. I remember that. And I had knee surgery and this kid would literally go do chemo, play nine holes of golf and they would hang out with me. And it just like, never once did I see any amount of defeat in this kid, no matter what, like, you know, if we have a cold or something like that, we're like, man, I don't feel so good. This kid never had that. Like he was always uppity, ready to go. And he always talked about 
you know, live in your best life, enjoy yourself, live in the moment. And he also saw me get criticized because of my personality. And that was one of the things he was like, I love that you don't ever change. You continue to be you no matter what is said, because that's, that's what makes you who you are. And you need to continue doing that. So stop letting other people, you know, try to control your life, live your life the way you want to live it. And one of the things that always stuck out was don't ever compare yourself to somebody else. Compare yourself to what you were the day before. That stuck with me forever. I mean, it's still to this day, it's something, I mean, it's power. This kid was very powerful in, in expressing his, his views and his thoughts and just carrying himself so well. I mean, he, you talk to any of the nurses that were at children, uh, which one was he? I, he's either at Cooks or is Cooks in Dallas? Cooks in Fort Worth, Fort, I believe. Fort Worth. Okay, that's where he was at. Yeah. And they always talked about how this kid, he brought joy to everybody. And that was something I've always wanted to do. I get it. I have a great personality and I have fun. And I want to make sure I do that with all my teammates. I want to make sure that they're good. He taught me so much about living my life. And unfortunately, it was one of the hardest things I've ever experienced was losing him. And I'm not going to go too much into it because I won't be able to carry the conversation. Because uh, it, it just hits. It hits really hard. And I'll never forget the the moment I, I pitched. And I have so much love for John Daniels and Blake Miller, uh, who is part of the MLB security that helps us out. The day I pitched against Oakland, uh, I threw a, I don't know if it was a, it wasn't a shutout, but it was a good game. And literally, I remember coming in and John Daniels and Blake were standing by my locker uh, and Deanna, uh, Deanna and Everett, which is the mother and father of Briggs, had reached out to me and said that Briggs was going to pass away and they were trying to get me there. Now, this is the second time. The reason why I don't want to go into the, the first one is it's, it's very emotional. Right. And from then on, I just couldn't do it. They offered to to get me a ride there so I could be there with them. And again, like I said, my hat is off to the Rangers organization, John Daniels for what they were doing to help me and Blake for that day. They were there for me. I just couldn't do it. And from then on, I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, he may have passed away, but his legacy is always going to live on. And I've always continued to embrace that and talk about that and share that because some of the things that we do no matter what foundation it is, we always don't do anything because we don't see it affecting us. We wait until it has truly something to do with us. And for me, I think, why not try to jump ahead of it? Why not try to get in front of that to where it's no longer something we're waiting for it to happen to us? We're actually taking care of it now. We might be able to hammer this out and never let it happen to anybody else. Yeah. We always tend to wait too much. And that's one thing that killed me. And to this day, I still, I mean, I've got another little girl, <laughs> excuse me, Adriana Nixon lives in Dallas. She is one of the sweetest little girls. I've continued to to be with her and help her. Uh, the Briggs or the Barry family, I have flown them out to every single one of my opening days, except for these last two, because obviously COVID. Yeah. Um, so I continue to keep that relationship because they, they are my mom and dad. I, I call them mom and dad when we text. We talk all the time. They hang out with my parents. It just, it, it's so crazy to see how much these kids really go through that I would give anything to be able to help them. And that's why I continue to try to help as much as I can. I don't care <clears throat> who it is, what it is. I, I try to help out. I mean, especially I go to the children's hospitals. I dress up as Batman for them. I've got two legit Batman costumes. Cool. Uh, I've, I've done the Bumblebee. I got a legit Bumblebee costume from Transformers. I stand on stilts and I played bingo with them. It's the thing that stands out that people don't understand is these kids absolutely do not give a shit 
of what you do, who you are, or anything. All they care about is you're there for them. They care about there's somebody else in their corner. Yes, they know mom and dad's always going to be there. Their friends are going to be there. But man, when somebody else shows up and shows them that love, it changes everything. And sometimes as people, we, we go in there and we don't realize how much that little difference makes for these little kids. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, I, I always tell people that Derek Holland has a heart of gold. And I mean, it's, <laughs> it's oh, the truth. Oh and, my God. And people, people may look at, you know, your impersonations or whatever. And, you know, you and Hunter Pence oiling each other up and being pro wrestlers. But I mean, you have a heart of gold and, and, and we know how to do it for Durrett. That's for sure. And uh, it's time other people know it. So, but yeah, they need to help out your charity. It's, it's such a worthwhile cause. And, yeah. It's, I mean, if, the, if anybody wants to get involved too, it's, it's 60 feet, six.org. Um, you can always do that. And I mean, I, if you want to watch, you know, I play uh, video games on Twitch, it's Dutch underscore oven 45, all my donation, or there's donations that go on there. If you subscribe to my channel, it all goes straight to my foundation. I don't take any of that stuff. I don't want to, because it's, it's more important to help these kids. Cause at the end of the day, we really, you really don't realize how much that little bit goes. And it's funny. It's like, I've, I, even when I did a, I did a 12 hour stream, which that was really hard by the way, on the <laughs> eyes. Um, but I did that and people were like, well, I don't really have any money. And I was like, it's not, you, you don't have to, if you do $1, $1 mm-hmm. will go somewhere. It'll go so far with it. And people don't realize it. it's the, any little bit counts. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be a penny. It can be a dollar. It can be whatever. You don't have to be some superhero, but just to give that amount of time that helps just to help just reach out to a kid, write him a letter, do whatever it's, I promise you, it will open up so much for that kid. Yeah. Well, and, and time, I mean, time we, you know, we need, we have volunteers at our events, do it for dirt events. I mean, that helps, that helps us get, raise money and it helps us facilitate stuff. So, I mean, you may not be directly giving money, but if you give your time, you're, you're helping the cause. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So what is your event? I mean, he said your event just happened. So you do a yearly event. Is that what it is? Yeah, we do. Uh, well, this year we did a concert. Um, we actually, uh, we had kind of a, a downfall here um, because of we got surprised with something in our contract that we didn't even know about. And that pissed me off a lot. And I'm going to end up saying something about it at some point. But right now, I mean, I, I can say it with you guys because it doesn't matter. But uh, we were over at the Texas Live and had chase rice and um it was it was was, uh in irving right it was the toyota yeah yeah Yeah. what did i say did i say the wrong thing you said texas you said texas live sorry 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 yes toyota uh music factory yeah thank god you corrected me there (laughs) big difference there toyota music factory had us all set up and at the time now i was in season my agent and uh the lady that runs my foundation sam davis which she's amazing by the way love her to death uh they were doing the negotiations Got everything set up. It was perfect. No COVID shit. None of that was in there. Sign the dotted line about, I don't know, I want to say a month out before we get there. Found out, oh, we got to do, you got to be vaccinated to to be there. I was pissed. I started throwing a fail. I was like, we're pulling out. We're not doing this. We'll go somewhere else. I'm. We're going to lose like so much because not everybody's going to go do that. I want the people to be able to have their opportunity. If they want to get vaccinated, cool. If you don't, cool. There's no, you know, whatever, do whatever you want. But I want you to be able to be a part of this foundation and help. And we couldn't do that. So finally, they kind of changed the rules. You just had to have COVID test that day. Still, a lot of people bailed on everything, yeah. which, I mean, it fucking pissed me off. 
because this isn't, we're trying to raise money. Okay. We're trying to help people that are going through it on top of that. And I, I made sure it was known once the foundation happened or the, the uh, concert happened. Uh, I get up on stage. I always talk. I tell the story of how the foundation started. Well, one of the reasons of the foundation couldn't be there. And so I ended up surprising her and FaceTiming her, which was Adriana. She couldn't go because one, she's not getting the vaccine. She's her immune system is just, it's yeah. not sure. like ours. You know, she's, there's no way she can do it. She's compromised right that, now. Yeah, correct. She was still going through treatment on top of that too. She had two nosebleeds back to back days. So they're not going to risk sticking any of that shit up her nose just to test yeah. her. So I made sure that they knew about what they're doing. Like you stopped this. Now I get it. Some people are like, well, it's just people's safety. I, no, you're, you're fine. If you're afraid of the COVID stay home. Okay. That's fine. I don't care. Or wear your mask, do whatever. She was going to wear her mask. Adriana would have been there. Everything. She's been to several events and had her mask on all that stuff. I've seen her multiple times. So that's not the excuse. So I was pissed off, but we surprised her with a FaceTime with the people that were there. You want to talk about something really cool that changed like the moment of everything. Like I was talking about how everything was and how we couldn't get her there. We, it was like somebody just let off a bunch of fireworks in that room because uh -huh. she lit that crowd up the smile. She was so excited to hear us. She heard us cheering for her. She was pumped. That was the first part. That was really cool. Then the children's cancer fund brought two kids there. One of them was uh, never been to a concert in his entire life. And his wow. favorite, one of his favorite singers was Chase Rice. Oh, okay. cool. And I didn't know some of these details. So he was there. And then the little girl was there. There was another girl there. We talked everything. We're, we're having a blast. I bring the boy up. He's got his cowboy hat on, got his boots. I mean, he's decked out, he's ready decked to out, go. Ready to go. Yeah. I had him introduce Chase Rice. This kid was on cloud nine. Just one of the <laughs> coolest things I ever got to do. I mean, he was lit up. It was so cool. Does all that. And then once the show ends, Chase brings him back up and then they get up there and they start talking and he's letting the crowd know everything about what he was dealing with. Man, just to hear him say what he said, and I'm not, I know I'm going to misquote this big time, but he was so fired up. He was talking about how he just got done with his brain tumor. He was on his way to beating cancer. And he was talking about how the support that he got from us today, that crowd noise that he got. Uh, and, and I'm quoting this part. This is true. He was like, I'm going to beat cancer's butt real loud. And just oh. yelled at him. Gives a fist pump and everything. The crowd went nuts. It was one of the coolest moments I've ever experienced in my entire life. Because, I mean, you have myself, Chase Rice. We're all right there with him. The crowd's going nuts. This is every kid's little dream. And he was right there doing it all with us. It was one of the coolest moments I've ever been a part of. That's awesome. Man, that is awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> well, good. Um, what else you got, John? I got good? some fun stuff. Hey, Let's uh, go. I, hey, there is no time limit here. No, no right. kidding. We got this. So, hey. I, I, uh, I love to talk. So, 25th round, <laughs> you were drafted. You were not, obviously, in New York, sitting there with your coat and tie. To go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. So, tell me, how did you find out you got – this is another fun story. How do you find out you get drafted? So I was uh, at home in Newark, where I'm from, Newark, Ohio, and I was out on the golf course with a couple of my buddies, and I got a phone call uh, by the the guy that drafted me was Rick Schroeder, uh, or the scout, um, and he said, hey, Derek, uh, what are you doing right now? I said, well, I'm playing some golf, and he goes, all right, well, you're going to need to take a little time out here, and uh, I got some news for you, and I was like, all right, what's that? And he's like, Texas Rangers just drafted you, 25th round, 755th pick, or somewhere around there. Uh 
congratulations. You, you've been drafted by the Texas Rangers. No joke. I screamed so loud on that golf course. Uh, I, I hope to God, whoever was trying to hit got pissed off because <laughs> I was on cloud nine. You couldn't take that moment away from me, but that was one of the coolest moments was getting that phone call saying that I just got drafted. Okay. Awesome. That, I mean, that's a great, I love every big leaguer I've ever talked to on my old podcast and this one. I've, that's one of my favorite stories. How'd you find out you get drafted? And then how do you find out you get to the big leagues? Cause for us that never made it and who were baseball players, whatever, Boy, that would be a fun story. That's why I always love them so much. How about this? In all your years, what is your most memorable start? Is it the World Series start in St. Louis? Is that your most memorable? Which one? It's up there for sure. Um, just to add real quick before I tell it too, like I, I'm a person that loves to give that experience to people. I love sharing those stories because I know not everybody gets that opportunity. Um, one of the things I like to do too when where I work out is once I start throwing bullpens, I get some of the – there's NFL combine guys that come and work out. I'll have them stand in so they can see what it's like. I've had people just stand in um, just so they can see what it's like. Because at the end of the day, when, when are you ever going to be able to say that you got to do something like that? You got to stand in with the major leaguer, right? you know, a professional pitcher throwing to you. If you want to swing, cool, whatever. And if you hit it, cool. That's the one thing is people think I'm going to get so upset because I got to have a Joe Schmo come up and hit. And all of a sudden, you know, he's never played baseball in his life and he just nicks it. And he's like, oh, my God, I hit one off of Derek Collins. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to care. It doesn't hurt me at all. I think it's cool because you get to say that. It's something you get to yeah. live with. I think it's a cool moment. Um, but for me, a very memorable moment. Yeah, obviously, the World Series is definitely up there. It's uh, it, it's one of the coolest moments I've ever had. I can tell you why after. I'll come back to it. But um, the first thing that stands out was uh, pitching at home in Cleveland. Uh, it was one of my shutouts there. Um, in front of my family, my friends, you know, it's my home state. Um, and my grandmother, who was a, she was a fairly large woman at the time, very hard for her to move around. My dad's mom was there uh, as well. And she's kind of older as well. Not, you know, she can move around a little bit better than obviously my mom's mom um, before she passed away. That was one of the coolest moments because I got to throw a complete game shutout in front of her. She never got to watch me pitch live, especially in the big leagues. Um, you know, she, her recall of watching me pitch was basically... I don't know if she was there for college, but I know she was there for high school. So sure, yeah. saw that. That was one thing, being able to do that. But going back to the World Series moment, something that I I still live with quite a bit is obviously, yeah, it was one of the greatest moments in my life. But the moment that I walked off the field and, you know, after the game ended and I got the salute from Nolan Ryan and President Bush, I have dreams um, – I don't want to say periodically, but I've had them multiple times. Uh, my two grandfathers passed away uh, when I was a kid. And one of them was a huge baseball fan. It was my mom's dad, um, was a huge baseball fan. He never got to see me play past Little League. Sure. Uh, he passed away at a young age. And every time I, I get this, and it still is crazy to me, in the dream, I relive that exact moment, get the last out, or sorry, the wash takes me out. I'm walking off the field. Everybody's screaming, chanting my name. I look over. I see Nolan Ryan and President Bush. They salute me. And then as I get close to the dugout, I do my wave. And as I do my wave, I'm looking straight up into the stands, and I see them two standing right there Very in cool. the first two seats. And I've seen it multiple times. Uh, it, it just is such a crazy and so surreal moment. I mean, it's it, obviously, you know, again, I don't like to speak of religion because I know how some people are, but 
that to me just shows how well my faith is and how I believe, like just being a believer, cause it's there. I'm reenacting it. Yeah. I get it. I'm dreaming, but it's, it's so, so real. And that was, to me, that's something that stands out, but it's, you know, something I've, I've had many dreams of. I've also lived the moments of game six multiple times too. Yeah. So. That, you know, that's amazing. Cause, uh, I, to, to piggyback, my father died, uh, in, in, when I was 26, I'm 54, never met my wife, never met my kids, never met anyone. And I think that's honestly a way of somebody, and I'm not getting all religious, someone saying, Hey, we did watch, we did see you pitch that game. Um, I had a vivid dream one night. My wife woke me up in the middle of the night to go off that. Um, I'd had a dream that my father just showed up at my front door. My boys were both very small at the time and walked in. And it was like, we had, he'd been on a trip. Walked back, he got and sat down and played with my kids. And we were sitting there, I was trying to find my wife. It's like, hey, she'd never met my dad to do that. I swear, I, I all of a sudden in my dream, I realized it was a dream and started crying. My wife wakes me up. And I swear to this day, I say, that was him letting me know, you know what, I've seen you. And I can now actually picture my father meeting my children. It's a weird thing. I, I know what you're saying yeah, there. It's, it's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's, it's that little so thing weird. where your, your, your hair stands up on you when you do that. Maybe get the old goosebumps, man. Yeah, there you Must go. Be a heathen. I haven't had any dreams like that. <laughs> <laughs> that we're going to have to fix that. Yeah, no yeah, kidding. That's the truth. <laughs> Maybe you don't do any hallucinogens or something. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, on, on the that game four was huge. But I think people overlook that game three of the 2010 ALCS. Oh, that was good. You had a, you had a huge performance. Out of the four. Out of the pen. Game four. No, that was game four. That was game four. Okay. Yankee Stadium. I mean, it was huge. It was. Just something about game four. It it shifted the series. I mean, Cliff Lee's series. And then, (laughs) but the Yankees had a chance and and you, uh, you came in in relief with Tommy and uh, it was, that was a Benji Molina game, right? Did Benji home run? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was another great catcher too. I, I, I've learned a lot from him yeah. with the game and stuff. But yeah, that those were crazy moments. I mean, that was being at Yankee Stadium. I mean, that was all I kept thinking about when that ended was we just took down the giant. Like that was, you know, that was the big deal. That was the team. You know, that's who we had. We knew we had to beat to get to where we were. And I'm not going to lie. I kind of feel like, after beating the Yankees in 10, I think we slept on that. Yeah. I think, you know, going in, we felt like we were, nobody was stopping us. And then we got the wake up call from the giants. And, you know, unfortunately it was too late, uh, but it was just to be able to be there was huge. Um, you know, wash did everything he could to, to get us right and, and talking with us and everything. And it just sucks. It didn't go at least better than it was. You know, it would have been nice to maybe take that to seven, mm. but I think the way, that all went down. I mean, that was just such a memorable moment. I think for Rangers fans, I think that was huge that, yeah, it was you big. know, striking out a rod to go to the world, to the first world series. Right. Was a very, very big moment uh, for, for Ranger fans. And I'm not going to lie. That may have been one of the loudest moments I've ever heard that stadium. I mean, besides could hearing them chant, my name was pretty cool, but that was, could that you, was amazing. Could you hear me? I was in the third deck. Up oh, there. I heard everybody. <laughs> hey, I hey, promise look, you. Hey, I went to my first Ranger game in 1974, and I have been going every year since. So that night, we, my wife and I went to all – I was not covering the team then. This was just a fan going from there. 
Yeah. I can tell you from every Ranger fan that was anywhere like me that even started 80s that are younger, that night was unbelievable. I mean, yes, it was crazy. And in the stands, we would go get a beer. And we were coming back, and we were counting down outs. Seven were outs. Beers a qu- were beers a quarter by then? <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I covered, a, I covered a, a TCU basketball game last night at Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth, and uh, beers were $13. Oh, God. Oh, I didn't even know they could sell beers at college games. Well, it, it wasn't on campus, but that they can oh, sell on okay. campus too. At TCU, a, a can of beer is ten dollars. Um, yeah, I was like, man, gotta take out a loan. Like, it was it was unbelievable. So I Wallace State Community back, College wasn't selling beer. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, actually, you know what? They probably were. They, were, they probably were. We're in the middle of nowhere. I think we could have done anything out there. Well, look, we've had a lot of fun. Anything else, Jeff, as we wind this down? What's your favorite road trip? When you're on the road traveling with a major, what's your favorite? Like, do you have a place like, boy, I love when we go to this town and we can eat at this place or anything like that? Because you've been all over. Man. So, um, like a can't miss. I mean, I, I kind of like to go out and travel around. I mean, Boston, I'm a very big history buff. And so to be walking around in Boston was cool, seeing all the the history and stuff there in that city. I love food. So when you go to Chicago, I love Italian. So I always try to find the nice Italian spot or New York. Um, and then, you you know, you get a place when you're down in like Florida, playing Tampa or Miami, you got the beaches. Mm. It's just all about getting out there and experiencing. I think the the one thing I wish I would have done more. Uh, but then again, you know, I was young. I was dumb. You know, I was going out having fun. You know, that's just the way, you know, having drinks and stuff. I think now as I'm getting older, you know, I'm going out, I'm looking at more stuff. I'm exploring these cities, seeing what everything's all about. So there's like many different things. It's, it's just more of, you know, I, my biggest thing is I, I'm definitely somebody who doesn't like to be alone. So I, I don't want to just go out, you know, by myself and walk around, but I've been doing a lot better of that when it comes to traveling around. I've been checking out more of the the history and stuff, but I also, now I'm the older guy on the team. So I'm taking, you know, the young guys out, you know, when we were in Boston this year with Detroit, you know, I I took everybody out and we went and rode some bikes and found all the history in Boston and showed all the young guys some of that. It's kind of funny is how interested those, some of these young guys were, you know, to see some of these things like, Oh, wow. You know, I didn't realize this was here or Mm -hmm. certain stuff like that. So it was definitely, I just try to get out there and do as much as I can, but yeah, food is, is a big thing though for me. Yeah. I I love going to DC for that history. That's another one too. That's just I'm, we don't we don't we don't get to go very often, unfortunately. But yeah, I get up every day and go to the on the, the museum or just walk around. And even when it's ninety degrees with ninety percent humidity, like it like it gets there, and uh, I just love it. Baltimore, just like, Baltimore's not too far from DC, is it? No, I I Ubered from uh, Baltimore to DC in eighteen. The Rangers closed the first half at Baltimore and the all-star game was in uh, DC. So I just, I, I just caught an Uber and it wasn't even that much. It was, and it didn't take long. So I mean, yeah. I mean, they're that close. Yeah. I just feel like there's the fear of, you know, missing out by sitting in your hotel room the whole time. Agreed. Yeah. I just can't, you know, you got to get out, do something. Absolutely. Yeah. Agree. What do you do outside of baseball? I mean, I know you, I know you're a big sports fan. You always see your pictures on where you're at the stars game or Mavericks. What else? You, you're a golfer. Do you hunt fish? Anything yeah, like that? I golf. I hunt. Um, thanks to uh, Casey Donahue. He's gotten me into the hunting quite a bit. Uh, I go up with him and hunt and 
kind of talk with him, uh, hang out with him. But, uh, you know, I, I travel around. I try to do as much as I can. You know, it's the one time I can really get to do it. Um, definitely a sports guy. You're, you're going to always catch me either at a Mavs game, a Stars game. Uh, I'm going up to Cleveland to watch the Browns play at the end of the season. Obviously, with Michigan, I always make a trip up there at least twice a year, try to see two games. Um, so I, I'm, I'm definitely a sports guy. You know, I want to go watch as much as I can of sports. Um, I'm playing golf all the time, uh, especially after workouts. Today is one of those days that I didn't get to. I wanted to make sure I was here for this. Like 85 uh, today, too. Yeah, like, yeah. No, you picked yeah. The killing. thing is, we played golf yesterday, and it was like cold as shit and wet and crappy. <laughs> and then today, it's like, oh, the sun's beaming out. But yeah, we'll stay inside and do the podcast. Well, you got tomorrow. Tomorrow will be nice. No, I know. It's going to be it's gonna be good tomorrow. So I'm definitely going back out. But yeah, I try to play several golf courses. Uh, we get a few of the guys out. And you know, it's me, Story, Trent Grisham, um bobby witt jr there's there's quite a few guys that we get out there and, and just go play golf and you work out in fort worth bobby uh stroop how do you say his last name stroop, right? yeah yeah apex with gosh i mean there's there's a lot of guys there a lot of young guys yeah. there's some ranger guys there um we just got willie calhoun to come up there uh so he joined up with us i was talking to him i had a really good heart to heart with him uh trying to you know motivate him and, and get him going not saying he's not motivated but yeah. you know just trying to push him you know a little bit uh you're a veteran might be coming out working out there uh no the he was doing stuff well i don't know now he's not with us right now but i know before he was doing stuff with the rangers they're just trying to keep an eye on him so i don't know how that's working out for him they they can't do that anymore so he (laughs) well i'm sure there's little loopholes that they can try to find their way through (laughs) like they could i I, yeah so like the ranger teams can talk to minor leaders yeah so they could tell uh, a minor leaguer, "Hey, if you run into, this, I, I mean, I'm not saying they're doing this. I don't know, but hey, they, they could. Oh, yeah. there you go. Oh, dog, dog, John, take yeah. over. Yeah, that's that's Jeff's dogs. They like to pipe in right about this time every time to do it. Somebody must have just walked in the door or something. <laughs> Usually, or the, maybe the mailman walked by. Yeah, it's the the butler, one of the butlers or the the help. <laughs> it's the kids coming home. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, that's uh, that, I mean, they, I'm sure there's ways like. You know, we're not going to play dumb. You know, there's definitely things that could be going on that. Yeah, it is what it is. No, but like, just don't just okay. don't get caught. So a team could talk to one of its minor leaguers who, and say, hey, you got uh, we need you to get a message to a guy who's on the 40 man roster who, uh, without mentioning his name, is a catcher and, <laughs> and see how his knee's doing. Yeah. yeah, that would. Yeah, that would be ideal. That's for sure. Well, what's the the last excuse me last thing before we get you out of here? What is something nobody knows about Derek Holland? And I, I ask this. Well, it, I don't know. It's gonna be tough. I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty open, so I don't know what technically would would be uh, would be it. Um, I, I use my example. I asked Brock Burke, who's with Brock Burke, who's with the Rangers. I asked him this uh, a couple years ago when he was in the minor leagues. He said he slept walk. That was just, and it turned into I sleep talk. You sleep talk. I do. Yeah. I'll wake myself up and I'll be talking and it's like, I can't get myself to stop sometimes. <laughs> and then finally, like I come to my senses and I'm like, all right, we're good. Did you we do that when you were like in the minor leagues and you shared a room? Did anybody ever yes, tell you stories yes. about it? Yeah. Daniel Sattler was uh, one of my roommates uh, in the minor leagues and he, he experienced it. And then also this was really funny was, so I'm, Jose Felix was his name. He was a catcher that I, that I played with. Yeah, I and 
one of the things that uh, coach or coach, I should say manager, uh, was it Mike Bianucci? I think was his name or something like that. He he was, he was one of my, uh, uh, one of my, my coaches and, you know, his big thing was putting, you know, a Latin player with American player. So that way we would, you have to, you know, get the language barrier sure, and, and fix that. And Jose was my catcher and it worked out perfect. I mean, this was great. He's Mexican. He was, you know, teaching me Spanish. I'm trying to teach him English the best I can. And I'll never forget. I fell asleep and was talking in my sleep. And when I woke up, you know, he was, ta- he was trying to talk to me <laughs> and for him to try to tell me what I was doing and saying, <laughs> was like, you know, the language barrier is definitely hard to do. Like, it's hard for me to try to explain something to him in Spanish. And then he's trying to explain something to me in English. And it was the most interesting thing. We were literally playing our own charades, trying to figure out how to get this solved. So he knew, like, he would like sit there and be like this and then like talk and like every, it was like, he was getting into it and I had no idea. And finally, you know, he ended up telling one of the Latin guys that spoke good English and he told me what he was saying. You needed, what sen- you needed Senora Brown. I know. I needed, I, well, I needed to pay more attention in class, <laughs> is what I needed to do. <laughs> I got you. That's got it. You. Hey, we're going to, you know what? I want to get a plug. You're, you've got the microphone, so you can do it here. We, so our plug is pretty simple. It's All just, right. it's just basically identify yourself and say, Welcome to the Texas Ranger Baseball Podcast with Jeff and John. That's it. So on your right, account, welcome to the, I need to, I have to write this down because yeah. I know I'm going to screw this up. So this is Derek Holland. Welcome to the Texas Rangers baseball podcast with Jeff and John. This is Derek Holland and you're listening. No, welcome to. Oh, shit. See? <laughs> welcome to the Texas, the Texas Rain- Rangers baseball po- podcast, baseball podcast with with Jeff and John and John. There you go. And boom on your count. Okay. This is Derek Holland and welcome to the Texas Rangers baseball podcast with Jeff and John. All right. That's perfect. Hey, Derek, we can gold right there. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you like that. Absolutely. You know what? Good luck. And hey, in a few years, hopefully uh, seven or eight, when you're finally retired, um, of course, we're going to get you back on here a lot more times, but uh, we'll do a road show or something. We'll all team up and uh, do something for six feet, six inches, 60 feet, no, 60, 60 feet. feet you're six. thinking of social distance right now. <laughs> 60 feet, six. 60 yeah. feet, six, um, dot org. That's 60 feet, six, dot org. And you guys go to that website right now. Check it out. Um, I, I've heard about that. I actually have. I looked it up and I want to go and. A dollar helps, five dollars help, do it for Durrett. Obviously, I'm, I'm involved with that now, being with Jeff, so I, I've gotten him. That's near and dear to my heart. I actually saw you, Derek. I was there the night when we were out at the the, the, the uh, brewery out there, um, but you had a lot of people there getting autographs. I didn't want to come bug you, and you didn't know who I was. So now, See, next time. Hold on. I want to I say that real quick. People always say that, and I don't think they realize that that doesn't bother me. Like, I signed up for this. This is my gig. This is my job. You know, I signed up to be a professional athlete. I know. So I'm going to have to take pictures. I'm going to have to sign autographs. There's nothing wrong with asking me or coming up and talking to me. I'm very, very sociable. I talk to everybody as much as I can. Yeah, there's probably times that I might kind of want to hurry or the only time that I would ever be upset is if I'm eating dinner with my family sure. or if I'm eating, if I'm eating, at least let me finish my food. And then, you know, you can pick my brain, talk to me, whatever you want. Yeah. Or actually another thing, I, I will say this. 
obviously because I love sports. Please don't bother me while I'm watching the game. Yeah. Hey, Derek's a dancer in his games, man. He watches. I'm into the game. I want to watch. I that's <laughs> that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Is like, you know, people have talked about like, well, why don't you go on a date with somebody and and take them to a sporting event? No, I'm not taking you to a sporting event because I'm not trying to get to know you while I'm watching. You know, sporting Luke event. out here score. Exactly. <laughs> we can go get dinner and we can do all that crap. We're the game. We're here to watch. We're here to cheer for our team and go from there. But yeah, sorry. I had Perfect. to say that. No, thank you. No, absolutely. And, and yeah, I want, trust me now, I'm, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to go, you remember me? I'm the fat guy you talked to with Jeff. And we're going to come like, up what? and say hi. I'm going to make off. sure you're in the middle of the meal watching a game at a bar, and I'm just going to come up and bug the hell out of you. Perfect. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> do it during a Michigan game. All right, no, that's Derek. That, I, will, I, will, I will slash your tires. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, that's Derek Holland, uh, Major League pitcher, former Texas Ranger on those World Series team. Derek, we can't thank you enough for joining us. Uh, have a good one. Thanks for the plug. Thanks a lot, Derek. Thank you, guys. I appreciate awesome. it. All right, man. That was Derek Holland. Hey, look, we, you and I were going to talk about, we both came out with our own things to do free agent-wise. But you know what? We got room to do that. We'll do that next week. Derek ran long because, man, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we we don't need to drag it down. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. an hour twelve, hour something. Yeah, of, it was like an hour and fifty, yeah, hour and ten minutes. Of, I mean, a little uh, editing will part. It'll be over an hour. Uh, unplugged, and uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you may not agree with everything he says, but he doesn't care. And uh, you know, I hope I hope no kids were listening. Maybe we should go back and tape a tape a warning at the beginning. But um, it was pretty funny, and and you know, I'm, I'm honestly. I remember his his first major league camp. Um, I remember, you know, his debut, which we talked about. Obviously, the World Series games, the injuries, how bad he wanted to get back. You know, this guy, this kid works hard. Yeah, that's the thing that nobody ever understood was that Derek Holland worked hard. He was a hard worker. There was the the you know the goofy stuff that he would do that he still does and impersonation, sure. like like we mentioned, just having fun. And there are some people who thought it, it, it was a distraction and um, that, that just was not the case. And uh, you know, his uh, uh, nobody worked harder. You, you, you know, I remember distinctly talking to Shinsu Chu about this and Chu and, and Derek were, were workout buddies in the off season a few years ago. And Chu was, Chu was blown away about how hard Derek worked and was mad that people didn't take that seriously. And didn't, didn't because understand. he has a personality. Cause he has a personality, you know, and then, you know, now, now that, you know, you're, there's this whole, let the kids play thing and uh, you know, the bat flips and stuff, you know, that, that's a different kind of personality and people may not agree with that, but Derek, Derek just has fun. And, yep. uh, um, he, I know, tell you what he is. He's a guy. I mean, why, why hold that against somebody? Cause it, it, I'm telling you, he, when it came down to, to work, he worked and he worked really hard. Let me tell you what he is. He's a guy that appreciates the fact he got to make a living playing baseball and he is sure. not taking that for granted. That's why he's so charitable. That's why he doesn't do it for Durrett. That's why he's got a six feet, six or 60 feet, six foundation. That's uh, it's that's Luke. Is it kind of leukemia or just cancer? Um, childhood cancer, childhood yeah. cancer and near and dear to me. Hey, I almost got a scare this last summer. So, I mean, look, uh, and so that, that I love those people. Hey, I'm getting to do this for a living. I'm on TV all the time. I play a professional sport. I got paid good money to do that and come up, talk to me. I mean, I'm living a dream. I don't care. I'll try to make your day and make you smile. You got to take your hat off to that. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, he, he's, he's a great teammate. You know, you heard him, he, you know, it, it, it's kind of the way it goes in baseball. You know, when you're a rookie, there's veterans who take care of you. And then you, you take that job over when you're, when you're the veteran and Derek Holland, you know, makes us all feel old, but Derek Holland's now a 13 year major league veteran. Absolutely. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he can tell you a lot of stuff. He's pitching every ballpark. He's pitched for a lot of teams. He's, you know, trade deadline. He's he, just all kinds of things when he's been released. I mean, there's a lot of things uh, that Derek Holland can offer a team and, and he pitched really well for Detroit in the second half. Yep. You know, he's left-handed and I know the rules are different now the three batter minimum, minimum as a reliever, but he can give you multiple innings. I, I would think that uh, a young team, <clears throat> or shoot, even a contending team just based on his second half would find a spot for Derek Holland. You know, again, he's got the, the postseason pelts on the wall. Um, just he's just a guy you want around your players. And I think once a manager gets him on his team, they realize that. Yeah, I, I think so, too. He's got value. He's got a lot of value to add to not only a contender. If he gets on with a, a young team, they can trade him if he's performing like this to maybe even yeah. pick up something to a contender. He's kind of sitting pretty right now. And maybe, you know, Darren would get those couple-year contracts or something like that. But Derek's right. not that old. Um, no, and, you know, he's – he, you know, he knows where he knows his his place in baseball uh, uh, tier of things, and somebody will, you know, he may have to sign a minor league deal, which he's had to do the last couple of years. Sure, um, that's not a bad way to go. Um, but you know, you just got to be in a camp to the, show. At you the end pitch. of the day, he's made these teams on minor league deals because people say, "Hey, holy cow, we got to have this guy on the team." Yep. Exactly. Yeah. All right, listen, we're going to get out of here. Um, we're going to get into this stuff next week. Uh, there's, we, Look, we can find stuff to talk about every week. And we're, we were going to get into that today. And I told somebody we were, but there's a good reason we didn't. Derek went long and he's opinionated. It was funny. If he makes you mad, look, that's Derek Holland. Okay? So that's yeah. Derek Holland. We love him anyway. Thanks for coming on. Jeff, we'll uh, figure out what we're doing next week. Uh, anything else before we go? Nope. JeffWilson.substack.com. Jump on that. Oh, man. How can I forget that? Yeah, we got to just... plug it. JeffWilson.substack.com. $5.99 a month. $60, $60 for the year. That's right. It makes a perfect Christmas gift. Look, here. I thought about this the other day, and I think I mentioned it. If you're scrambling on New Year's Eve or on New Year's Eve night, and you're like, oh, crap. Christmas, Christmas Eve night. Yeah, I got to go to a party, and I'm supposed to have a gift. And... Christmas Eve night. And you're like, crap, I forgot to get uh, my Uncle Tommy a, a gift. Yep. Well, get him a subscription to, to, to the newsletter. It'll, it'll pop into his, his, his you know, inbox. You don't, even, you don't even have to wrap it. Nope. So it's a hassle-free gift. It's a piece of cake, and people will enjoy it. Absolutely. Got to join up. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week. We'll get on here. Um, Till then, see you at the yard.